So this series that we're doing called Discomfort, it could not be more timely, right? I know that all of us are feeling some of the discomfort of this global pandemic. And here we are looking at this life of Abraham, a man who lived so many years ago, and yet it's so applicable to where we are today, right? We've been talking about how Abraham was asked by God to leave what he knew and go to what he didn't. We, we've been talking about how he was actually called by God to be the person through whom blessings would flow that would reach the whole world. So basically what God did was he said, look, Abraham, I'm going to call you out of comfort into covenant to be a conduit. And listen, he still does that today, right? He still calls us out of comfort into covenant to be a conduit. Now, we've talked about a couple things to this point. Um, we talked about the discomfort of waiting. Oh my goodness, how many of us can feel that, right? Abraham had to wait 25 years from the time the promise was given until Isaac was born. That's, that's a long time to wait. We've talked about the discomfort of obedience. Remember, what did God do when, when Isaac was finally born? After waiting 25 years, God said, hey, take that son, your only son, and I want you to go up on a mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. Listen, we can all relate to that. Yes, we know that it's a picture of God the Father sacrificing his only son, but it was also a test to see if Abraham was going to be almost in or if he was going to be all in. And this morning, it doesn't let up. This morning, we're going to talk about the discomfort of suffering because suffering is another way that God prepares us for the promise. Now, I'm going to give you the big idea right up front because it's something that you're going to want to chew on. Here's what it says. God permits suffering because there's purpose in suffering. All right, he permits suffering because there's purpose in it. Listen, one of the common questions that people ask is, what's the point of pain? And the point of pain, quite simply, is that there's a purpose in it. And we're gonna walk through that this morning. Listen, we don't like to agree with that. We like to think, oh, there can't be any purpose in pain. But if you're a parent, you already agree with me. Because I, I can guarantee you there's been a time in your life when you took your child to the doctor and, and they were gonna give your child a shot and you told your child, this is gonna hurt, but you knew the shot was important and there was a greater purpose to it. This morning, I'm standing here at, at Liberty Gardens in downtown Albemarle, a place that was built specifically to honor men and women who gave their lives for a greater good. Now, how you celebrate Memorial Day this year might look a little bit different, but I can guarantee you this, you're still gonna celebrate it because we choose to honor people who endured suffering for a greater purpose. Abraham, you know, as we've, as we've looked at his life, have we not seen the way that he has suffered through those 25 years of waiting? Suffered through things that God called him to do? And it's easy to ask ourselves, why? Why would, why would Abraham even do that? And here's what we know from, from Hebrews chapter 11. We know that Abraham endured the suffering because he was looking for something greater, a greater city, a greater purpose. So here you and I are today, and I want to call you to see the greater purpose in suffering. And here's why it's important. Suffering is something that all of us have in common. However, and this is a big however before we jump into the teaching, even though all of us have suffering in common, we don't all suffer in common ways. Like right now in America, we are facing what is fair to call some suffering. 
we're suffering through a pandemic. We're suffering through when can we go back to the things that we used to be able to do, right? We're suffering like when can we gather as a church? We're suffering through that. But our suffering is a little bit different from believers on the other side of the globe who are suffering because if they actually go to church, they could be killed for it. And you know what we do in America? We tend to minimize the things that we face. We say things like, suck it up, America, at least you're not being killed. But I want to encourage you, if you minimize your suffering, you also minimize the purpose behind it. So let's not minimize it. Let's come to this topic with humility and with grace. Let's recognize that your suffering may look different from my suffering, that our suffering collectively as a church in America could look different from the suffering of other churches in other countries. But all of us are facing suffering and all of us need to lean into the purpose behind it. So here's how we're gonna divide up this morning. Let's talk about four purposes of suffering and then let's end this morning talking about the one thing that we all have and the one thing that we all need to take. So purpose number one is to make us look like Christ. Romans 8, 28, I guarantee that you have this in your house, either in a picture frame or it's on a coffee mug. And so I'm going to read it. Here's what it says. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. But what is that purpose? Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. That's the purpose. Why does God work everything together for good? It's so that you and I will look like Jesus. It's good for Christians to look like Jesus, right? John 15, 20, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said this, the world persecuted me, so they're gonna persecute you. I mean, who do we think we are that we would get out of persecution if Jesus didn't, right? He's going to use persecution. Hebrews 2, 10, this is an interesting verse. It says that Jesus was made perfect through suffering. Now, Jesus was sinless, okay? So what does it mean that he was made perfect through suffering? It means that he was made complete. It means that when he suffered, he was made complete in being fully human so that he could fully save us. If Jesus was perfected through suffering, Jesus, how much more will we be? And since God uses suffering to conform us to the image of Jesus, can I just suggest that a better prayer when we're suffering a better prayer than please deliver me is please transform me use this suffering in my life to transform me and make me look like jesus purpose number two is to teach us how to trust i love this verse in in first corinthians we'll talk more about this next week but let me just give you a little sneak preview i'm sorry second corinthians chapter one verses eight and nine here's what it says we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. Sounds like suffering, would you agree? Verse nine, in fact, we expected to die. Here's our, here's our part, but as a result, so in other words, because we suffered, this is what happened. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. God uses suffering in our lives to teach us how to trust in Him. Suffering causes us to rely on the Father and not on ourselves. It is actually the things that make us feel weak that cause us to need someone who isn't. Purpose number 
three, to warn the world. There's an interesting passage in Luke chapter 12, verses one through five. Jesus talks about two tragedies. One was a murder and one was just like a natural tragedy, an earthquake, and people died as a result, of course. And so people are asking like, why did that happen? And in both of those situations, Jesus drew their attention to the need of repentance. Listen, sometimes God uses suffering to get our attention. Sometimes he uses suffering to warn the world that there's a need to repent. We need to heed that. You know, C.S. Lewis said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. And we would do well to listen to what God has to say. And finally, reason number four is to comfort the hurting. Back in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, listen to what Paul writes beginning in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us, not in some of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things that we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. How powerful is it when you and I are going through a hard time and somebody just sits next to us, takes our hand, and simply says, I've been where you are, and God brought me through it. The Bible says that Jesus would see the crowds, and he would see them as harassed and helpless, and he would have compassion. He was moved with compassion. Man, I want you and I to be moved with compassion and suffering, whether we like it or not, and let's be honest, we don't like it. Suffering actually gives us the compassionate heart of the Father for the people that we see every single day. Why are we struggling right now? Honestly, it's because we can't get together and grab each other's hands, and I can't wait until we can, because there's power in that kind of connection. And when we suffer, we suddenly begin to see people and things the way we're supposed to see them. It clarifies for us what matters most. Four purposes for pain. Now let's talk about the one thing that we all have and the one thing that we all need to take. So we're gonna spend our time as we wrap up in John chapter 16. And, and just, I want you to hear these words from Jesus so you can know the one thing that we have, the one thing that we all need to take. We're gonna, our key verse is in verse 33, but we're gonna be in verse 32 to start with. So here's what Jesus says. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered. Um, sound familiar? <laughs> We've been scattered, haven't we? And here's what Jesus says in verse 33. In that context of us being scattered, he says this, I've told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. Did you catch that? Not you might. Not, uh, you know, maybe 85% of you could. He says, in this world, you will 
you will have suffering. Why do we have to come to terms with suffering and how God uses it in our lives? Because all of us are going to have suffering. That's the one thing that all of us are going to have. And because we're all going to have suffering, it's, it's actually, this Greek word is, um, it's, it's flipsis. It's hard to say, flipsis. And here's what it means. It means oppressing, oppressing together, or pressure. And Jesus just said that that's what all of us are going to face in this world. In John 16, 21, that same Greek word is used to describe the anguish of childbirth. I'm just going to take it by faith because I have zero personal experience with childbirth. But my guess is if he's going to describe it as anguish and pressure and oppressing, that doesn't sound fun to me, right? That doesn't sound like something that all of us would desire. But do you see what he's saying? Suffering is actually the way that God births the new thing out of us. And he's doing it right now. Is it uncomfortable? 100%. But he's birthing something new in us. Because we're all going to experience suffering, so much so that in Peter, Peter said this in 1 Peter 4.12, he said, hey, don't think it's strange, the trials that you're experiencing right now. There's, I just want you to get, they're so common that Peter would say, they're not strange. Stop thinking like something strange is happening to you because this is common to all of us. All of us are going to face this. And because we're all going to face it, here's the one thing that Jesus said that we've got to take. He said, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Some translations, my favorite translations say this, take courage, just take courage. And you know what, courage, that's how I want us to wrap up this morning's teaching. Because standing here in Liberty Gardens, I, I took time this morning to walk all around. I looked at all of the, the benches, all of the bricks, things that have been dedicated to the memory of those who had courage and laid their lives down so that I could actually stand here today and speak into a camera so that you could actually gather in worship circles today in your homes and worship and not fear that someone's gonna bust into your house. People laid their lives down. They had courage so that I could stand here and do this, so that we could worship God today and soon in a few weeks back in that building, right? Without fear. Take courage, Jesus said, because I've overcome the world and I wanna call you to courage this morning. Take courage in your suffering because there's a greater purpose in the pain. Will it be easy? Um, no. Will it be worth it? 100%. So take courage, my heart. Be steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. And because he is, there's purpose in my pain. God permits suffering because there's purpose in it. Stay steadfast, my 
Yeah. 
encouraged by your word, encouraged by your peace, but more importantly, encouraged by your presence, Lord, because you are with us wherever we are. Lord, you're not contained in this building. You're not contained even in our homes. You are with us. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that over my brothers and sisters this morning, that we would be encouraged by that, Lord, that we would walk in your peace and in your power. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Y'all, thanks once again for joining with us this morning. Uh, like I said earlier, you can see uh, visit our website to look at our reopening plan. That is in place, and that's at thegatheringnow.com forward slash the plan. Listen, we love you guys, and we will see you again here next Sunday.